the podcast on the Sing Second Sports Network are a ProVision Advisors production. At ProVision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior-level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. Visit ProVisionAdvisors.net to learn more. Welcome, everyone, to the one and only Navy Football Podcast. I'm Bill Wagner, longtime Navy beat reporter for both Capital Gazette newspapers and the Baltimore Sun, and I'm happy to be joined, as always, by my two renowned guest hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy football greats who went on to play in the NFL. Guys, let's get right to it. 14-7 lost to Delaware. It was embarrassing. The offense was a no-show. You all have been there before. You've had bad games and had to turn it around. Eric, I'm looking at a game in which Navy lost to Rutgers 34 to nothing on October 14th. And I believe that was up there in East Piscataway or wherever the hell Rutgers is. And, you know, then you had to play Notre Dame next week. But you know what? Two oh, weeks man. later, you bounced, bounced back and beat Duke 38-13. So what does Navy do to bounce back? Well, I, I vividly remember losing that game. Um, and they had some phenomenal players. You know, McCory twins were on the team. They had a very, very good defense. They, they knew how to play us very, very well. And that was prime time as well. So um, that did not go well uh, for the coaching staff. And I remember running so many gassers on Monday that I think coach wanted someone to quit just for us to stop. So he, I think he wanted us to, you know, get get, you know, look at each other and look at, you know, how we can bounce back as a team, not just individually, because, you know, as a football team, especially as offense, uh, triple option works, everybody has to work together. Um, and then, you know, especially listen to Kip talking about, hey, I was so impressive, you know, listening to him say, hey, you know, we're ready to move on. He said everything right that, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick taught us to say, hey, you know, we're on to the next week. You know, we're, we're here to, you know, look at the playbook and figure out what, what we can do better and what next. And Kip answered and rung the bell perfectly to those responses, especially when you're asking some questions, Wags. But for offense to turn around, Ty needs to be the guy. He needs to read well. Fullbacks need to step up. And then last game, no one really made a play. You know, I'm waiting for an offensive, you know, receiver to make a big play and A to make a play. I'm excited this week to see what we can do against Memphis. So, Keenan, I'm looking at a game, and I remember this game because it was a real head-scratcher. Your sophomore year at Duke, 35-7. And I remember being like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. How is Duke, you know, shutting us down? Uh, do you remember that game? Because um, you bounced back the following week and won a barn burner at Toledo, 45-44. to But, you know, there are games like that. People wonder, how, do, how does it happen? But, look, you all scored seven points against Duke. Yes, yeah, so uh, we actually lost that game to Toledo, uh, 45-44. And yes, we did. That was, a, that was a triple overtime, but I do remember – I don't remember, like, super details about the Duke game, but I was actually looking at the 2013 schedule the other day, and I was like, dang, we did, we got crushed by Duke. Like, we had such a good year that year, but, like, Duke was just like a random anomaly where we just didn't show up. We was on the road, and anybody, anybody who's played at Duke, like, this was like – the, the crowd was was imp- like it just it wasn't yeah, a great there was atmosphere. No one there. there was nobody there. It was raining. Like it was just bad all around. But I mean, you 
what it is is you got to go into film on on Monday with a critical eye. You get yelled at. You get called out in front of everybody. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's not fun. But that's the whole point of it, right? Taking accountability. Like if you look at just life in general, like being a husband, being a father, being being the, a commanding officer. At some point, you have to take accountability for your own mistakes, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. And nobody else can do anything about it but you. So, you know, you talk about where does like Navy football propelling people to naval Navy careers. Like that's a big thing. It's like when you when you suck it up and you go in and watch what you did and watch how bad you suck and you like take responsibility for that. That's how you get better. That's how you move on. So what I hope happened this week is the guys, you know, really had to come to Jesus and had a conversation about, hey, listen, like we sucked on Saturday. We did not look good. We had too many mistakes for people that shouldn't be making these mistakes. Uh, we, you know, did X, Y, and Z wrong. Take accountability for it. Get it correct on the practice field. That's how you bounce back the next week. So, like, we come back the next week, we score 44 points, but we lost, right? Then I think with the next week after that was Pittsburgh. So, you know, here we are at home against a, a Power 5 team coming off of two losses. Like, how do you turn that around? And you just got to find a way to win, right? Move on to the next week and, and find a way to get it done. So, I think there's, there's really no special formula to it. Um but it's all about buy-in, you know, it's all about, you know, like Eric said, people coming together and making that decision that, you know, we're going to find a way to, to get it done this week. You know, it's funny one, Duke was a terrible place to play in those days. And something else, you you may remember this, Keenan, they made the visiting team dress in some little box, like uh, down at the end of another practice field. And it was, it was absolutely horrible. It was It was a half mile walk. And I remember this. And it was the lacrosse locker room. And those showers were disgusting. They did it on purpose. And you know what? Oh, they, they did credit do it because, Oh, 100%. They did it on purpose. And it's hot down there, too. Something like, I remember Coach Nima was actually thinking about bringing tents, actually, and putting them in the end zone because if the locker room was not, not even suitable for teams to play there. It was absolutely horrible from Duke. So, guys, um, what was it like in the meeting room and in, on the practice field this week after a very tough loss and no unit – and we're talking offense because the defense played well, uh, but no no unit of offense played well. And I talked to Ashley Ingram, the uh, running game coordinator today, and he admitted the offensive line did not show up. And they got beaten at the point of attack by Delaware defensive front that was not that big. And, you know, now there are excuses. Uh, Kip Franklin apparently didn't practice hardly at all during August training camp because he's coming off of surgery. Uh, same with uh, Josh Pena, the – the uh, right guard. So the two guys on the right side barely practiced. David Hicks in the center, first career start. And then he got hurt, and we found out that Lyria Matrezi, who's a big 300-pounder who's supposed to be the backup center and actually was listed as co-starter at center, he did not come in when Hickson when it left the game. So that tells you Lyria Matrezi was not ready, and he also was coming off all-season surgery. So, But Ingram said, no excuses. And he said, we really were tough on those guys this week. We got after them. We challenged them. And he said, I expect us to be more physical. I expect us to come off the ball better. He goes, this, this offensive line has to show dramatic improvement, and it needs to start this week. But you can say that about every unit. The fullbacks, most certainly the quarterbacks with involvement in fumbles, four possessions were ruined because of fumbles. So, Keenan, you go first. What, what, what do you think it was like? I mean, you know these coaches. They, they put a, a foot up somebody's behind. 
if it was anything like I was playing, and I'm sure it was that way on Monday, when you walk into those noon meetings, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Nehemiah had the whole team in that, that beautiful uh, meeting room that they got, they got built out and literally showed the fumbles on the, and showed the bad plays. Like, I distinctly remember after uh, a loss to Troy, we went through all the, all the bad plays as a team. So now you get this, you, your mistakes get, get laid out in front of everybody on film. I mean, in a game, people know, yeah, you fumble, yeah, you did this. But, like, there's other little things that happen throughout the game that don't really get revealed until you come back and watch the film on Monday. And I, and I hope and I'm, I'm willing to bet that Coach Nehemiah probably showed those, that film to the entire team because I think that's the best way to, to create that accountability because now your brother to your left and to your right get to see your mistakes on the, on the big screen and get to see you doing things that you weren't doing in, in the fall and get to see you letting the brotherhood down. And, I mean, that's like a very shameful. You don't want to be that person that gets called out in front of the whole team. So, for me, that was motivation to be like, all right, I can't make these type of mistakes anymore because there's a lot of people as the quarterback of the offense. I imagine that's the same type of uh, accountability that was that was kind of charged to all the guys. And then they got on the field and they got after it. I mean, there's only one way to, 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 to bounce back, and that's just to grind. That's all we really know in Navy football. Well, Keenan's talking about in the new Physical Mission Center, they now have an incredible theater room with a IMAX theater screen. Um, if you had a bad game and your film was being shown on the IMAX, <laughs> that would not be good. Eric, why don't you weigh in on this topic of how the coaches respond and how the players have to respond? No, yeah, you're right. You know, I remember, uh, you know, we didn't have IMAX when I was playing, but, uh, you know, seeing it in 3D yourself. And the best part is with coaches, they're so good at it, uh, especially, you know, connection to Annapolis was Bill Belichick. Uh, we called it B-Tube versus YouTube. Um, and then he watched you fumble the ball and he would rewind it so well back and forth, back and forth, like four or five times. And he'll look at you and then he'll ask questions and he'll still have it in the background while he's playing. And you're just, you know, you know what he's doing. He's just making sure that, you know, not to fumble the ball, not to drop the ball, not to do that again. And, you know, he's one of the best coaches of all time. And, he, you know, but I remember coming in uh, after losing or fumbling just, you know, you know, when you have a bad game, Ken, and you fumble the ball, and you just know that play is about to come, and you sit back in your seat, you slouch, and you see everybody that's kind of looking at you. They're like, oh, he's going to get it. And, you know, I got it a ton of times. But like you're saying, Bill, you know, with the offensive line, the, the personality of most offensive linemen, I'm not saying all, but most offensive linemen are hard-nosed guys that can take shit. Um, that's their job. They're in there in the trenches going back and forth all the time. They're, at offense line, you're not going to have the best place, you know, all the time. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not Joe Thomas. You're not going to grade out hundred percent all the time, especially in the option we have. You're not going to do it. So I'm excited to see how these guys do bounce back and coach Ingram's a phenomenal coach. So I'm excited to see how these guys show up because ultimately speaking, if those show up, those guys, those five guys, we win games. That helps helps tie out, helps the fullbacks out because helps the fullback get more distance, get more in, inside there before the quarterback has to pull it and ac actually see the next level. When your offensive lineman, I remember Gaskins was a phenomenal guard. He used to combo up top to the to the linebacker, and I knew that he was going to get the linebacker no matter what. So I was just reading safeties before I was even getting the ball. So I, I appreciate offensive linemen and everything they do. So the Navy's next game is the American Athletic Conference season uh, opener against Memphis coming into town. Memphis has won the last three meetings between the schools. 
Navy had won three of the initial four meetings after joining the American. Uh, Chris Cervello, our producer, has uh, already discovered that Navy is a six-point underdog, which is not as bad as I might have thought, considering how poorly Navy played. But Memphis is coming off a pretty bad loss to Mississippi State. But Mississippi State's pretty good SEC school. Um, so, Chris Cervello, what do you got for the guy? Well, I mean, you, you talked a lot about bouncing back. Um, how, how will you know? Like, I mean, will you know right out of the gate uh, just by, you know, uh, by watching uh, the offensive line and by watching Ty? Or will it take a few series for you to know that, um, you know, whether they've, they've actually come to play or not? That uh, That's a good point. You know, I think one wants to say, like, you'll know in the first series. But, like, I've, I've been in bounce back games, quote unquote, bounce back games where we fumbled the first play and it was like, Oh God, here we go again. Right. But it, it took by the end of the game, it was clear that there was marketable improvement. So I, I think, uh, I think it'll be clear just the tempo, the body language, it'll be very clear. I think if we win the toss, we're going to defer and the defense is going to come out and they'll set the tone. I think that with the loss last week, the guys are, they are woke up. You know what I'm saying? That this is not going to be a cakewalk. And I think they'll play up to the competition and we'll see a completely different team and be like, where were these guys last week? I think when you look at the game overall, but I wouldn't say like, all right, let's watch this first drive and let's see if these guys go three and out, then it's just the same thing over and over. Like, I think you got to give a little bit more of a sample size before you try to make a judgment on if guys are, are bounced back or if they're playing better. Eric, it sounds like you're going to be watching the offensive line and see if they're coming off the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, I actually, I'm going to think Chris's question I'm always a guy that looks at guys in pregame to see how they are, how they're focused, how they're moving around, how they're kind of communicating back and forth. Because I remember when, like, when you're in the zone and you're figuring stuff out in pregame, like, you're not messing around. Like, these guys, like, if they're, if they're ready to go, because I'll be in the field, you guys will be in the field for pregame. I, I want to watch and see how they're actually talking with each other, if they're messing around, and also the young guys as well. Because if coaches are digging into these older guys, these young guys better be bright to play because if they're not playing, get ready to go, boys. Look at last year. Freshman came up, sophomore came up. Show up and play or your spots can get taken. Very good, guys. Well, that's a good discussion. We are so proud that this podcast is sponsored by New Day USA. If you are an active or retired veteran and you need a loan of any sort, conventional mortgage, refinance, home equity, or even a reverse mortgage, you need to call New Day USA. Admiral Tom Lynch, Captain of the 1963 Navy football team and a legendary admiral in the fleet is executive chairman of New Day USA, and he assures that veterans will always get the benefit of the doubt. Whereas another lender may turn down your application, New Day USA is more likely to say yes. So veterans, active and retired, if you need a home loan of any sort, contact New Day USA. It is now time for our alumni spotlight brought to you by Academy Security. And Academy Security is a company founded by former Navy football great Phil McConkie, MVP of the 1978 Holiday Bowl, one of the greatest wide receivers in Navy program history. It wound up playing in the NFL for the New York Giants, was a part of a Super Bowl team with the New York Giants under Bill Parcells. And we're thankful to Phil McConkie, and we're going to have Phil on here in the coming weeks to talk about Academy Security, the company he founded that helps veterans, very similar to our presenting sponsor, New Day USA does. Our alumni spotlight subject tonight 
We're glad to welcome back John White, tremendous slot back during the Paul Johnson era of triple option at the Naval Academy. Actually, was part of the same backfield as our own Eric Catani. When Eric was softening up the middle with his power runs, they would then do the pitch to Shun White, and he would go crazy off the edge. I will never, ever forget the season opener against Towson when Shun White had the career day and rushed for, I want to say, if I'm correct, 350 yards, Shun, four touchdowns. Do you remember the exact number? It was 348, actually. I was close. But uh, every time you turned the corner, you were gone, and Shun had that type of blazing speed. He was a home run hitter. Um, Eric, why don't you tell us real quick your memories of Sean White? Did you like having him as a slot back with you? Memories of Sean White, uh, absolutely amazing teammate. Um, he had the most, him and Zerp Singleton had the most energy I've ever seen with two slot backs. These guys ran all the time, all day, and never, ever heard them complain once. And then the memories with Towson was Sean had – Literally the career day. I think you, you were the number one rusher in the nation for probably a couple weeks after that. And I had like 20 carries, like four yards was absolutely, they, they stopped us, but you absolutely took off uh, and played well. And I'm excited to hear about what you're doing next, Sean. And also, you know, all the guys in the brotherhood, we talk about Sean and I think you're going to be the next Admiral. That's, that's, that's the, the rumors on the street. Sandra, Sandra Gossard calls it, called it first, Sean. Well, Sean, first and foremost, uh, it's, this is a good week to have you on because you are from Memphis. Um, and I just interviewed Ashley Ingram because you came to Navy before when Navy was an independent. Well, now that Navy's part of the American Athletic Conference and is playing Memphis every year, Memphis has become primary recruiting territory for the Navy football program. And Ashley Ingram, who does an absolutely tremendous job recruiting the entire state of Tennessee, recruited our podcast buddy, Keenan Reynolds. Uh, he uh, he is emphasizes Memphis. He's in there all the time at all the big schools. And you went to, I want to say Raleigh, Egypt. Is that correct? Is that one of the big schools in Memphis? You were you guys good? Is Raleigh, Egypt legit? So you're correct, Bill. I did go to Raleigh, Egypt. Uh, we were okay uh, my junior and senior seasons. Uh, but yes, uh, Coach Ingram definitely does a great job of recruiting. I think when I was coming out, it was Coach Jones that actually re recruited the Memphis, uh, the Mid-South Metro in the Tennessee area. Uh, but yeah, we, we were pretty decent my junior and senior seasons. Not, not really known as a powerhouse, but we, were, we had some pretty good athletes at my high school. Well, and since then, Navy's gotten a lot of great players from Memphis. Sean Williams, Cameron mm -hmm. Kinley. The current starting right tackle and Captain Kip Franklin is a, a Nashville guy. But now you have a cousin who plays for the Memphis football team. Why don't you tell us about him? And will Navy fans be seeing him out on the field at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium this Saturday? So you will see him. He actually is my nephew. Uh, his name is Bronson White, 6'3", about 230. Plays Mike, Sam, and Will. Uh, he's a starter on uh, some of the special teams. Uh, so uh, you will no doubt see him playing on Saturday. He uh, played for Whitehaven High School in Memphis, which is a powerhouse high school coming out of the Memphis area. They are a 6A school, very large school, produce a lot of great football players. Uh, and that's where he went to high school. Uh, so I'm excited. I'll be up this weekend. 
Uh, I'll definitely be on the sideline. Uh, I'll go over and give them a hug before the game, but I'm not cheering for Memphis, as we all know. <laughs> well, I was glad to hear you say that. You know, I should mention that in addition to being a football standout at Navy, Sean also ran track, and I'm looking at his bio, and he has some pretty good times in the 55, 200, and 100 meters. So that's why he had that home run speed. He's a track sprinter. Sean, what did you do after graduation from the Naval Academy? And from what Eric is telling me, you are still serving. So I am still serving. So I serve a selected uh, surface warfare officer. Uh, and I've been in Norfolk, Virginia my entire career uh, since 2009, 2010. Uh, I've been on two DDGs. I was I did deployment last year with uh, Carrier Strike Group 2. I was on uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, as the lead planner for Rear Admiral Scott Robertson. Uh, and we started the withdrawal out of Afghanistan, believe it or not, uh, sitting up in the North Arabian Gulf. Uh, so right now I am the uh, director at uh, the engineering schoolhouse uh, for the Atlantic Coast. Uh, I am responsible for uh, directorates in San Diego, Mayport, uh, as well as Newport uh, and uh, Norfolk. Uh, so pretty busy job, uh, keeps, me, keeps me on my toes, uh, but I, I love it and I enjoy what I do every day. So Eric mentioned you possibly make making Admiral. What is your rank currently? How many total years have you been in the service? And is do you aspire to perhaps reach a high rank of that nature? So right now I've been in 14 years. Uh, my goal uh, is to be a commanding officer of a ship. That's my goal. That's that's kind of the pinnacle of the SWO community. Uh, take command. Uh, so right now I'm a lieutenant commander. Uh, I have my first look for command this December. Uh, so after December, I'll know uh, whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the club as far as getting command. Uh, and then once that happens, if I do screen for a command, I'm going to shoe in for a commander uh, for 05. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at right now in my career. Uh, and I'm, I, again, I'm enjoying it and I'm loving it. That is very, very impressive. Well, real quick, before I go to Eric Katani, because he knows you so well, Keenan Reynolds is from the Nashville area of Tennessee. He went to Good Pasture Christian. Keenan, were you shaking in your boots anytime you had to go across the state and play a, a Memphis school? No, we actually didn't play a Memphis. We played a Memphis school twice, but it wasn't really like a Memphis school. It's more like outside of Jackson. So we played Milan. I'm sure Sean Milan. knows all about Milan. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was... Yeah, that, that was the, the extent of my uh, my experience in West Tennessee. Um, and we split one and one with Milan uh, my freshman year. And then we ended up beating them in my junior year to go to the state championship game. So by and large, in the state of Tennessee, where does the power reside? If you do you know, go into state championship games, does it reside in Memphis area or Nashville? I would say actually it resides kind of where Keenan is in the east side of the state. Uh, a lot of we have a few schools that come out of Memphis, uh, Memphis Melrose, Memphis East, uh, Whitehaven, as I mentioned, where my nephew went. But a lot of the, the bigger schools uh, with, you know, a lot of the talent, they actually come out of the, the east side of the state, the Nashville area. Yeah. The uh, here lately, you know, obviously, you know, Braywood Academy, Innsworth, NBA, like the the perennial uh, schools that always pop up for like pop, like producing big stars. 
they go on to play, you know, at big schools. But uh, in Rutherford County, which is probably like a half hour or so east of Nashville, a lot of really big schools in 6A that have, have, have produced a lot of talent. And uh, here recently, Lipscomb Academy, who has uh, Trent Dilfer as their head coach, actually, um, has been uh, wreaking some havoc uh, in Middle Tennessee and to the point where they now have to, like, go out of state to play folks because they're, they're, they're too good. So I think Middle Tennessee is really – over the last decade, really, like, blossomed. So, Eric, you know Sean better than anybody. You played with him. You've followed his career. You stay in touch with him. Well, I'm going to give you the floor unless you ask the remaining questions of Sean. All right. Sean, I got uh, three topics I want, I want to cover with you. Okay. Uh, one, we spoke, we spoke about this earlier. I want you to talk about how you feel the state of the offense is now, you know, today, the past couple of years versus when we played. The second question, if you prepare for it, is your favorite best moment playing as a midshipman? And then my connection I have from Memphis, I was stationed at Navco up in Millington, and then I had uh, a time for barbecue. And I want, you, I want to see your, your favorite barbecue is. Mine is Rendezvous. That's my favorite location. So what do you got, Sean? What's your, let, let's talk about football right now. What, what's your what, – what's your, we talked about this yesterday, yesterday so yeah. I'm excited. To, you know, talk about, get, get in the cup blocks a little bit, too, kind of with the rules change and – how you see the A-backs a have kind of morphed into the players they are now. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, Navy football is near and dear to my heart. You know, I'm always texting Coach Jasper. I'm always texting Coach Nehemiah. I was actually texting them yesterday after me, me before me and Eric had a conversation on the phone. Uh, you know, and, and what I told Eric on the phone is, you know, you know, uh, throughout, you know, the past couple decades, right, I, the, the triple option is, is I think the, the quarterback is, is the focal point of the offense. Uh, and, you know, Keeney can attest to this, uh, you know, and if you think about the history of Navy football and the quarterbacks that we've had, you know, since I've, you know, been following Navy football and obviously went there, uh, you got the Craig Candidos, the Aaron Polanco's, the Lamar, Lamar Owens, right. The Ricky Dobbs, the Keenan Reynolds, the Will Werfs, right. The Kaipos, Right. The, 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 those guys were the centerpiece to the offense. And, you know, in my opinion, it, it will always be the quarterback. Um, the slot backs are, are, are quick, fast, athletic. And then, you know, me and Eric had the conversation about the B backs yesterday. Right. So if you, if you go back during those, those early eras of Navy football, and you think about the B backs, they were big, they were bruising, right. They were strong. Echo, right? Ballard, uh, Katani, right? Those, those body types. Uh, Dwayne. Right? Those body types were, you know, big. They were bruising, right? And, you know, me and Eric talked yesterday on the phone, right? You know, those those are not the, the, the type of bodies we have at the B-back position right now. Uh, if it was third or fourth and short and Eric was getting the ball, there was no doubt in my mind. It was the first down. They're just it, it, we were already Coach Jasper will already have the next play called in the huddle because he knew if we were doing 22 or 23 and Eric's getting the ball. Ballard's getting the ball. That's the first down. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, I, 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 those 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 early years, you know, the Paul Johnson years where we had so much success, you know, I think, again, centered around the quarterback. You know, and and we got a lot of young talent, uh, you know, there right now. And, and, you know, the quarterback right now, you know, 
in my opinion, he's a great athlete, but, you know, I just don't know if he has that it factor uh, that the previous year's quarterbacks had, right? As far as athletic ability, as far as could throw the ball, could the more, I mean, I think the most important is, is reading the option, right? So when I watch a Navy football game, I'm watching the game from a different perspective, right? I'm watching the game from an O-line, D-line perspective. I'm watching a three technique. I'm watching the five technique, right? I'm watching what they're doing, right? And then I'm going, you know, based off of what they're doing, obviously I'm looking at the quarterback to see if, if the read is correct or if it's incorrect. And, you know, I think just, you know, the past few years, we've had some, some inconsistencies there, you know, with just kind of understanding the, the fundamentals of, of running the triple, uh, and, you know, the coaching staff has done the best they they can to, to you know, to compensate for that stuff. Right. Uh, by switching up some formations. Right. Adding more motions. Right. To kind of keep the defense on their heels. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm pretty excited, you know, about Saturday, as I mentioned, I'll be up there and, I, you know, you know, I kind of want to see, you know, how we how we bounce back, you know, from that that first week in that loss, you know, that's going to really tell me a lot about this team, right? If this team is resilient, are they going to bounce back? You know, are they going to find some, some, some grit somewhere deep down and uh, able to bounce back and, and get this W? Because we, we need to get this W before we go into the bye week. So we have some momentum going into that, that, that free week, right? That's going to prepare us for ECU. Absolutely. So uh, Eric, next question. I, I'm going to yep. counter you on your, uh, Rendezvous barbecue. When I Ooh, go, what, what you got? Central, Central, over by the Civil Rights Museum. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, when I yeah. this first day, I get into town. Lunch is at Central. So, what is it, Sean? Give us. Have the you guys call. ever had Tops? No. Can, what's that? So, Tops Barbecue is a local chain barbecue restaurant in Memphis. They're all over the city. Uh, they're extremely good. The, I mean, I was just in Memphis in, in February. As soon as my mom picked me up from the airport, we went right to Tops. Right. I go to Tops Barbecue. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Rendezvous. I love Central. Right. I love Interstate. Right. Those are some of the prominent names. Obviously, Corky's. B.B. King. Right. B.B. Yeah. King's. Oh, you go to Bill Street, you got to eat at B.B. King's, eat some good food, yeah. listen to some live bands. But Tops Barbecue is just a local chain restaurant throughout the city and their barbecue is really good you got to try it next time you go bill sean did they pay you to say that they didn't <laughs> last question hey, what, what was your what was your what's your best moment you've had i, I know my best moment I'm, I'm hoping it might be the same as yours but let's hear it my best moment as a midshipman on the field or off the field on the field on the field let's do both why not uh, well, off the field, obviously graduating. That's of course, I mean, yeah. That, that's not even a, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would say off the field, man. Just going through the the trials and the tribulations, man, with you guys. You know, every day <laughs> going to the locker room or in Bancroft. You know, just 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 making our way through, man. I, I think those are some of my best memories, man. Just. You know, as as a as a, a student athlete at the Naval Academy, man, maneuvering through the daily minutia, right? Practice, class, meetings, study period. You know, those are things you'll never forget. On the field, I would definitely say, man. Uh, you know, my I, I I know people expect me to say probably the Towson game, but actually, man, I think my senior year when we beat Army, uh, beating Army for that last time. 
I mean, I, I cried like a baby in the tunnel before we came out because it, it hit me. You're, like, wow. like, this you're is, an MVP too. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be the last time that I play Army. Uh, and it was pretty emotional just because Rashawn King's father had passed away, you know, that week of the Army game. So Rashawn didn't even play in the game. Uh, Mr. King had passed away in, uh, like, those emotions – he passed away that Friday. I remember him getting on the bus, and then yeah, G, yep. had, G had to run and get uh, the decals for our helmets. And we had the, we had the yeah. king with the tro with the with the crown with number eighteen in it. Yep, like you know, yeah. Mr. King, Rashawn King went to naps with me. So man, his father was like almost like a father away from home for all of us that that knew Rashawn from naps. I was I was a groomsman in Rashawn's wedding, so like. When he passed away, that took a toll on a lot of us on the team, especially not having Rashawn there to play in that last game. So there was a immense emotions in the tunnel, you know, with the whole team prior to that game. And I remember just crying. Like, I, I think it's probably the hardest I ever cried, right, with my helmet on, just standing in the tunnel, just because it was my last time playing Army. Rashawn wasn't there. And, you know, everything that happened with his dad, you know, that the a few days before the game right it was just it was it was it was it was a lot and then you know i went out and had a had a good game and got the mvp uh yeah that speaks that speaks magnitudes of you know who you are and resilient and you're talking about the trials and tribulations and how hard the academy was you know mentally physically morally but for you to turn around and i remember watching you like i played well kaipo played well everybody played well but dude you turned it on you were ready. To, you were ready to go, and I, I was excited to watch you play, and I was excited to see you as MVP. Yeah, that that, that game was memorable, man. I love that. Uh, what a great game. Well, Sean, it was a pleasure having you on. You were a Navy football great. We love watching you play. I enjoyed covering you. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing so well with your naval career. I mean, just goes to show the leadership platform that is the Naval Academy, and especially being a Navy football player, and you're following the likes of. Bill Byrne and many others like Admiral Lynch, our presenting sponsor, who have had great careers and they have said that Navy football propelled them to that. So keep going strong. We do. We'll have you back on when you get that ship command. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys will get an invitation to the change of command. Oh, yeah. We appreciate Sean White, the alumni spotlight subject presented by Academy Security. Another great Navy football podcast, breaking it all down, looking ahead at the Memphis game. 3.30 p.m. start at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. The entire Navy football podcast team will be there. I'll be high atop the press box covering. Chris Cervello will be cruising around with John Schofield doing interviews for Sing Second Sports podcast. Eric and Keenan will be on the field. Uh, hopefully, we'll get down on the field together and do a picture like we did last year. Next week, folks, we'll be back on Sunday for the combination Sing Second Sports Navy football podcast weekend wrap. John Schofield and I will talk about the weekend that was with all the other varsity sports. And then John will hand it off to me, Eric and Keenan to do a post-game report on the Navy Memphis game. It's a bye next week. Navy's off. So there will not be a second podcast because we have no game to preview. Thanks again for listening to the Navy football podcast. I'm Bill Wagner for Eric Katani, Keenan Reynolds, and Chris Cervello. Thank you.